0: Episode 51 of the MetroFan TV rundown, coming to you live off the heels at the international break, going into a game on the weekend against DC United. But before that, a listless 1-0 loss at home to the fucking Chicago Fire. I am running out of words to say. But I may be running out of words to say, but my co-host isn't. Juan Escalante, how are you?
1: I'm I'm in I'm in pain lens. <laughs> I'm in pain of having experienced that loss, but then also having to sit through like two weeks of international soccer. It felt like a really long time. I believe this is what goes on in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> uh, I may have
0: may not have unverified sources on that uh, Fernando is, is is gone. We don't know where he went. I think uh, I think he's been kidnapped. I'm not sure. He went. He, last, I, last I heard, he was going to Maryland. But you see, this is how this is the absolute state of things, where people are willingly going to Maryland instead of talking about the team. Horrible, I'm telling you, horrible. Mark the <laughs> Grand Prix. How could you? Kevin Thowell, how could you? Gerhard Schuber, how could you? I'm telling you, all of them out. I want Gazetas in. Oh wait, shit. Wait a uh, <laughs> let's not go too far. Go too far now. <laughs> Yeah, really wilding out on episode 51. As you can probably guess right now, It's uh, we are very much in the thick of struggle season. Uh, going into the weekend, we find ourselves uh, 12th in the East. Not quite 13th in the East just yet, but 12th in the East is uh, still by no absolutely zero means. Ideal, shall we say. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, it's uh, one of those things that kind of gives you a barometer, I think, of just how much things have kind of fallen off the rails as the season's gone along, right? Where a team that we played, I think, earlier this season at home and just absolutely blew them off the fetch, right? Especially in the last 20, 25 minutes. We come out now at home and just look completely listless. And, you know, I think, like, the thing is, for me, I'm just running out of like ways to say like uh, the that the midfield just looks completely flat on a week to week basis. You know, um, I think there has been talk about how Aaron Long going down definitely changes a lot of things, but this also doesn't take away from the fact that basically none of our midfielders have looked good since Copa America, right? In a formation that was supposed to be a bread and butter, and. Even those changes don't seem to have been doing much, right? I think uh, one of the most alarming things that I've seen as the season's gone along is how the week-to-week progression that we saw, right, at least going up until June, just seems to be have completely evaporated, right, in this recent stretch. Like, I'm not really sure, like, what the tangible points of progress we're supposed to be analyzing are. To be quite frank with you. Like, you could usually be able to see, like, uh, this week they get the shape, pressing shape right. Next week uh, they then try to incorporate the possession elements into it. But now it's like, I don't know. I mean, like, it definitely gives off vibes of uh, just kind of rolling the ball out and hopefully hopefully getting a result. Like, I'm not really sure what the week-to-week benchmarks are nowadays, right? Just because of how flat it's all looked, you know? And that's kind of like the startling thing, you know? I mean, you talk a game about wanting to bring out 90 minutes of cutting-edge soccer, of high-intensity soccer, but, like, we can't even achieve the intensity anymore, right? And, you know, like, I think uh, this has been a known thing about Red Bull teams, about the summer lull and everything, but I think it kind of goes on more than that. And the really frustrating thing is, is that, seriously, I I don't have an easy way of really saying what's wrong. I mean, like, it could be a whole... Um, variety issues, but uh, I don't know, like, w- w- what have you observed, I think, recently in the game?
1: So, I was capoing the second half, so I missed most of the second half, like, with my own two eyes, which I feel was a good thing, but <laughs> uh, uh, it's just, like, what from what I saw, like, especially in the first half, it was just, like, there were good moves, but there was nothing at the end of them, like, we couldn't even generate shots on target, and, like, the stat sheet is really really terrible. Like possession, whatever possession, but we had uh more of the possession, but just getting into like the nitty-gritty, we had 20 shots, but only two of them were on goal. And what compounds that worse is that we had 25 crosses. And it's like, what are we even doing? <laughs> like it's so I think we were talking about the like the how important the midfield is, how midfield runners in the diamond are to this formation. And even if we're not like running the the diamond um in these past few games, like the support of the midfield the support of runs from midfield in getting the ball up the field are so important and we're just not doing that and it feels like we're just crossing it into the box and hoping we pin ball around i was looking at like the the passing map and like where the team shape was and whatever uh there were no passes to fabio like there there were no lines to fabio from literally anyone on the field and it's like if we're not incorporating fabio in the build-up play like i don't I don't get it, and I think for me, the most damning stat in here is uh, 70, which is the combined age of Bobby Shuttleworth and Jonathan Bornstein. I'm like, it's 2021. How are we losing (laughs) to these two guys? Yeah, you know, like, uh,
0: it it, it was shocking to see Bornstein's name on that team sheet. Like, I think I've, we've played Chicago three times now, and every time I see it, I'm still like, stunned. Like, what? (laughs) Like, like I, I just assumed that he like went to Tijuana and just disappeared forever. Like, I don't know if that I, was. The
1: point. Wasn't he like he was at Tigres too? And like, T- he left Tigres, and all of a sudden, Tigres became this elite Concacaf team.
0: Yeah, they became the uh, the, the Chelsea of Concacaf, right? Right. Just big money moves and shit. Shout out to Andre Pierre Gignac and enter Valencia. By the way, uh, those were those are pretty. Pretty cash money moves. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I could kind of tie it back here. I mean, like uh, I think the the midfield movement's been something that we've been touching on to like a pretty significant degree, right? I think uh, in uh, recent weeks where it doesn't seem that you've been getting that level of support runs, right, from midfielders pushing up high up the field. I don't know if it's because like they're worried about leaving people exposed at the back or white. But now that we've had a retinue of healthy center backs, it still doesn't seem to be that they're doing that, right? I think um, but another compounding issue, of course, I think, I think uh, also kind of has to be put on the fullbacks to a degree because we recall that the fullbacks are going to have a pretty significant uh, role in providing wide options, right? And it kind of seems to me that they've been a bit too tucked in in recent weeks all all around it just kind of seems that the off ball movement has just completely eroded, which is kind of antithetical right to what one would expect from a team that has been training in a specific system for I think well over well over half a year now right if you include preseason you include a uh, training sessions last December it doesn't really make sense to me right that guys would suddenly not know what to do when we win the ball back in transition you know um I'm I'm not at all um, pleased as well with this whole notion that it's you know it's a fitness issue because I mean like is it so rare that we play through summer months? Like, I think we've known this for, for basically years now, right? I mean, like, <laughs> this, is, this, this isn't this is exactly a surprise, right? Summer months with uh, rotated squads, the squad rotation because of international tournaments are what you would expect from a team that's uh, invested in developing players. That's invested in creating players that people that other teams see as valuable, right? It's not just a, it's not just a club thing. I mean, if it's a selling league thing, right, The notion of a selling league involves creating players that will hold some kind of value in the market, and that will mean that they will be called up to the international teams, right? So you kind of knew that this is going to be happening. It's, it's the weird thing for me, right? I think um, tying it back to Red Bull specifically, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think uh, the passing bat thing that you bring up, Fabio is damning, especially, right? I think when you consider the fact that he's supposed to be this crux in the attacking third, right? He wins the ball, hold up play is supposed to be bringing people in off of it. And earlier this season, you saw that kind of working off to a tee, right? He'd be winning all these deals. He'd be winning all these balls in the attacking third. And then he'd have a bunch of runners like coming off of him in support. None of that seems to be happening anymore and as a result of that the two strikers just seem to be on an island like consistent consistently like they're not being given really being given anything to work with and nobody is really working off of them either so you know i mean it it, it, it is kind of weird to me that the strikers are getting like a ridiculous amount of a, a big proportion of the blame right for not scoring or shooting and yet the midfield just seems to be getting away scot free consistently for you know not really doing what they're supposed to be doing I'm going to be quite frank when I say that like the midfield contributions have eroded completely from what we've seen uh, from earlier this season, and it doesn't really make sense to me that they are escaping our ire as much as they are, right I don't, I don't think it's um again, I will say this, you know I think uh, yes, the strikers are not really being put in a position to succeed. But you also have to cast an eye on why it is that the midfielders, especially in a system where the attacking midfielders is expected to be picking up a lot of the goals going slack, aren't doing the transition things that they're supposed to be doing to overwhelm the opposition in the third and throw numbers forward, you know?
1: And like we've we've seen them do it before. It's not like they don't know how to do it. Yeah. Like
0: Kassaraz was doing it. Really well early in the season right, before he went up to Copa America.
1: Caden Clark it... prior to getting his Samson <laughs> appendix removed. <laughs> yeah, what if all of his
0: soccer talent was uh, contained in his appendix? Yeah, I think that's my
1: that's my conspiracy theory for you. You know, we like have to appen- we have to do like a, an analyzed report of soccer players who've had their appendix removed and their stat sheets afterward. There's got to be there's got to be a correlation. <laughs>
0: now you see it's a rare genetic condition where, where where all of his talent was stored in this appendix instead but hey we got the leipzig money so who cares <laughs> I ca- i'm allowed to be glib and who care about Caden
1: clark again i don't, I don't care <laughs> Caden- he hasn't he hasn't played for the national team yet has he he was supposed to but then his guts exploded Oh, uh, okay. Remember I like Greg
0: it. wanted to call him in, and then uh he said because of sudden injury,
1: like uh he couldn't okay, I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm thinking of just like just how many dudes are just- fi- just like flowing through that team I'm like how how has how has Kate how has, how has Kate not done that but uh I guess that prevents John Tolkien from getting called up or whatever. I don't know. I just
0: got called up to the u s men's national team.
1: Oh, sweet. I'm playing a right ligma.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> that's an that's an Italian phrase, right? Yeah, yeah, It's uh, the, you know you have the
0: you have the uh, the trequartista, you have the fantista, and you right. have the uh, the regista, right? Yes I'm playing the left the right ligma. So Lig- I'm playing just off the uh, regista in the right hand in the, in the right hand <laughs> yeah. channel. Right? Yes. But I'm I'm not a wide player. I'm like a uh, part of a part of like a, a midfield a roving midfield too.
1: Like <laughs> you got so, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what they call a a box to box midfielder in uh, in Italy? What they call him a bofa because he plays both <laughs> of these <laughs> <laughs> positions, <laughs> both sides on the ball. <laughs>
0: Sign us up, Greg. (laughs) We'll be the best assistants. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to this, I think uh, we should ban international soccer. Uh, Yes, as always, the message of the show, ban international soccer. It has ruined our two two most promising midfielders, evidently, you know, like that's if I'm going to be launching conspiracy theories, I think uh, we need to investigate the involvement of the CIA and Christian Casares <laughs> Jr. Like that he, you know, he got hit with the hamstring gun.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, forget Havana Syndrome. Like, when are we going to investigate Caracas Syndrome? <laughs> Conmable Syndrome. <laughs> On me bowl, more like can't play the bowl. Am I right? Got him. <laughs> Kill me now. Um Yeah, I mean that that doesn't go be like, like like that doesn't go beyond the fact that we just haven't seemed to be able to find anyone that can play the tip of the diamond consistently. Right? I mean like you know, I I I'm still very adamant that the best I've seen this season actually did come from Frankie Amaya in the early quarter when he just first came over for nfc cincinnati um and i don't really know what's happened since i mean it, it's it's inexplicable to me i don't know i'm just very confused as to how it's all just seemed to have just come come apart over the last two or three months right you can't really point to one definitive thing or another other than the fact that everybody just seems to have collectively forgotten what they're supposed to be doing on this team and i i don't know like if there's one easy way or another of like unfucking that you know i think if we go back to uh, the topic of the 10 you know i mean like more than ever i am uh ruing the fact that we missed a certain siad hoxibanovich in the offseason oh man what could have been really i mean i think at this point like i think we could have been better served if we just shelled out the extra million or so to be quite honest with you I, it definitely seems like we're missing that thing right the guys who would be able to uh you know uh, trigger the transition uh by carrying the ball up the field his ability to like uh combine even the shooting from distance was pretty good right i mean People are probably about to be get up in arms about the fact that, oh, you shouldn't shoot too much from distance. It's a lower quality chance. Shut the fuck up.
1: Like, <laughs> it has its uses. It, yeah, it man. Such... If you, you hit the ball hard and fast enough, the goalkeeper spills it. And that's how is that different from uh, forcing uh, long balls to create uh, for pressing triggers? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, you. Uh, as we all
0: know like these are all
1: skills that can be refined how much uh, was the fee for for, for again that, that we couldn't pay was it like 5 million or something like that
0: i think they wanted like 6 yeah and we were only no yeah 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 we wanted they wanted 5.5 million or something and we only wanted to cough up no more than
1: 4 i and how much let me see how much he went to uh ruben kazan for let me see imagine that though playing in the russian
0: premier league jesus christ <laughs> fucking hell we lose to russia are we going to investigate putin's involvement in this please follow <laughs> please <laughs> please follow me at a uh, metro tv save america thanks
1: <laughs> bloody russians keep nicking our players
0: <laughs> what was the transfer fee sorry
1: Oh, I'm looking it up right now.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, let me go on this. It seems to be he six point five million euros, uh, which I think is about how many how, how many US dollars is that?
1: That's probably at least like seven million, I think.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he basically went for uh, quite a fair bit of. More money than we uh, were definitely willing to shell out for him. So, um, I guess Norco got their bag eventually. Good for them, I guess. Good for them. Good for them. But, you know, <laughs> what, like going back to the topic of signings and the like, you know, I, I really wonder how much of this situation that we find ourselves in is partially because of uh, how many of the signings we were supposed to have made for midfield, just like not sticking, right? I mean, like, I think Maya is one. Carmona always seemed like a project to me, and he definitely doesn't, still doesn't really seem ready, right, based on what I've seen in his recent play. Um, Another one that, you know, just kind of fell by the wayside completely was uh, I think Cameron Harper, right, was definitely supposed to be a guy. That oh, Jesus, I forgot for he that. existed. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. Like another one of those guys that they were definitely considering for like that midfield to be someone in midfield. And, you know, I mean, I think the conversion from a winger to a midfielder at this point in this career, you know, like has been a bit tricky. He's still only 20 years old, though. So, I mean, you know, I'm not really giving up on anyone or anything just yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think it's been a kind of an understated part of uh, the 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 sudden malaise this season, right? This R just midfield just completely falling off the face of the earth. You know, defensive injuries are one thing, but <laughs> when nobody in the center of the field seems to know what to do, you're not going to win yeah, many games that way.
1: It's bizarre having a midfield where we have so many guys that we literally forget they exist, and yet not enough guys.
0: Yeah, right. It's I don't know. It's 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 weird. Yeah, Harper
1: hasn't been in a team sheet since uh, June twenty seventh against Atlanta. I that's think that's when
0: he that's when he got that was like after he got hauled off like a second time, right? Like he got subbed. That on. was after
1: they, that was a New England game. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then he got subbed out, which was. Very hashtag okay, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, let's. I guess we'll. I I had I had something I wanted to talk about. But I forget what it was. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, I mean, I I, I suppose uh, I suppose he's like a new signing at this point. But you know, Guba uh, Diara continues to train. If uh, you know the reintroduction spark something in the team, then I'm all for it.
1: You know, it'd be like almost Lou and Dula I think. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, let me correct myself. He was the last time he played was against Atlanta, but he's been in a handful of bench of match days, just in the 18. Like he, what he was on the bench against Chicago, which is news to me. Uh, but he hasn't, you know, he hasn't played since Atlanta, but yes, yeah. Yuba Diara, you just look at pictures of him. (laughs) They just post new pictures of him in training. Like, I believe in miracles. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Like uh, (laughs) Whatever's wrong with him. Did we ever find out what it was?
0: Uh, Yeah, they they, they forgot to reinstall his hamstring. Oh, okay. I think after. (laughs) They finally found his hamstring. Uh, D- uh, Dennis left it in the suitcase in, uh, at O'Hare International
1: Airport, but they, uh, f- but they finally found it. They retuned the hamstring. Yeah.
0: someone I want to know what kind of hamstring injury, like, takes someone out for like five months. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, I want to know. So uh, are there any doctors that listen to this podcast? I'm sure there are. Uh, can you tell us how a hamstring can keep someone out for five months? And is uh, it an us,
1: actual? Is it an actual string? I, I I never got the answer to that question.
0: Yeah, is it like a string as in string theory, or like a string as in like a string as in like a, I don't know, like a like like a violin? I, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, please please let us know in the comments because we are not
1: doctors. We're not smart. That's yeah, why I don't we- know if anyone. I've been told that people were taking medical advice from this show, and I need to say, do not do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. you know, but what you definitely should do is buy my horse deworming medication. (laughs) Anyway, um, I guess we'll do stocks (laughs) to wrap up this segment.
1: (laughs) I Really, I only have one stock, if you you could let me start off. I only have one stock. It is uh, a stock up to Andrew Gutman. And for the sole reason, uh, if you go back to the game at 35 minutes and 16 seconds he pulls off an incredibly nasty nutmeg uh and then he crossed to no one in particular but that the nutmeg was fun
0: yeah you know i don't know i don't get it it was it was
1: it was a very nice looking cross i wish that someone got on the end of it but you know yeah we can't have everything
0: in life kids I I'm going to break with convention. I'm I'm not I'm not awarding stocks to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> We're at this point really. Um yeah. No one has impressed me. It's pretty crazy, huh?
1: <laughs> it's like even if uh like looking at the stat sheet again, I think we only made like 11 clearances. And Chicago made like 20. So this is more of a case that like Chicago gets lucky on like a set piece goal and then kind of defends deep. And that's just our inability to score goals. And it's just like a weird thing of like that our defense has been able to like for the most part keep like what are like garden variety chances out like we're not like like, you know, it's either stupid mistakes or like really good goals that are getting scored. Yeah, Uh, which is still super annoying. But like it's like you kind of wish that this team got got some lucky bounces here and there. But also like, I think you kind of have to blame ourselves for, a, for our node inability to create
0: really. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean for, for a team that's supposed to be predicated so much at creating off the press that doesn't happen. Creation off the press doesn't happen. If again, I'm, I'm like a broken record on this episode. If the off ball movement is completely fucked. Right. So for that reason alone, uh, no stock ups, but I am going to issue a stock down to Gerhard Schuber. I mean, I'm going to be quite honest when I say that, you know, and I think to a degree for the first time on this, epi- on this podcast, I will issue a stock down to Kevin Thelwell as well. Because I mean, the simple fact of the matter is, none of the guys that we brought in could remedy the situation. And the coach just doesn't seem to know what he wants to do with these players. Then is there is there some kind of miscommunication in the offseason that the types of targets are supposed to bring in? I don't think that's the case at all, right? If you're going to be bringing in 12 guys, but I suppose you know it's a case where they just want to write it out, see what they can build with, and then hopefully look towards twenty twenty two with the, some new targets that they bring in. But you know, and the onus of that, you know, that, that basically means that they got to have to get that next window like bang on, you know, like zero zero excuses going into next season. There's still plenty of, I mean, there's still enough of this season left to play. But you know, I'm I'm very much in the boat that if it's not a complete turnaround, right. If we don't look like we're gonna like, ste- we're not we're not steamrolling through the league again. I would rather not just squeak into the playoffs and get knocked out in the first round. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about that. That doesn't excite me. This team's not going to be good. I don't give a shit about the playoffs. I'll be quite. I'm going to be quite honest with you. Ooh. like, are, are we like? It would be a massive failure, I think, no matter what, right, if we don't make the playoffs, especially considering how easy it is. But, you know, like, it really feels that squeaking into the playoffs and then losing in the first round is is really not anywhere near as ideal as, like, just outright not making the playoffs. If we're going to suck, right? At least be honest with ourselves here. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll say that we suck outright, because like you said, I mean, like we haven't been blown out in any of our games, which is like, I think the most aggravating thing to me, right? We could have easily won some of these games, could have easily come away with points in some of these games. It's just a combination of weird factors that have taken points away from us, but also our inability to really do anything when we're in possession in the ball, right? So... I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I can't really talk about the game against DCU. I mean, there's not really much for me to say there. But that's going to be the turnaround for me. I mean, like, who's going to be that savior that turns the season around on the roster right now? I'm really not sure if there is one. Um, Yeah, it's going to be down on the manager, I think, to basically get anything uh, we get out to, to get anything out of this group. And I think that's going to be who I'm going to be drawing a lot of scrutiny to for the rest of the year. I think this is how it is.
1: Um, Yeah. As much as, uh, as, as much as we talk up, like this is the first time he's had to coach a team. He's had to manage a club. That's like with like serious expectations. And part of it is because the playoffs are not, you know, there's an expanded room in the playoffs. It's not that difficult for a competent team to make the playoffs. So he This was like some other league. He would probably be with, you know, with us particularly, but he'd be worried about getting relegated. But like, this is the first team like Barnsley. I don't know what the expectations are. We're at Barnsley. Uh, Wolfsburger. he exceeded expectations with them. But this is like the first time he's not had to coach a minnow, right? Like it's yeah. not a team with like a history of moderate success, a team that's been competitive in the league, a team that's, you know, made the playoffs every season for the past for the better part of the past decade. And it's like, like you said, I don't, do I care about the playoffs? No, I, I'm a particular I'm a I'm a supporter shield truth. <laughs> but uh, uh it would sting to miss the playoffs. But then it would it's a it's a weird thing, because I hate the playoffs. And I don't want to watch the playoffs if the Red Bulls are not in the playoffs. But at the same time, I kind of still want to make the playoffs just in a, ma- in a matter of like having a good season, you yeah. know, unless like, unless we miss the playoffs entirely, but we still win the last five games of the season, that would feel pretty good. But even then it's like, it would, it would absolutely suck to miss the playoffs on like the last day of the regular season with everything on the line. That would absolutely be, uh, DEFCON one, I think just like, i just terrible feeling, yeah, I
0: mean, like, cause the deal is, is, like, making the playoffs to me is less about going after MLS Cup, but more like, 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 it's turning so the season around. Easy to make the playoffs in MLS. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a canary in the coal mine kind of thing for me, right? Like, really bad teams miss the playoffs, right? So we miss the playoffs, even though I don't give a shit what happens in them.
1: We miss the playoffs means we suck. Simple as. Right, it's like it, yeah. I no. mean, like the tape table wise, like how much? It's like six. Is it six places that you make the playoffs? Right in the Eastern Conference. Seven. seven. Oh, I would Jesus Christ. It's exactly. Seven. Well, that's, that's even more places than it would take to like qualify for UEFA Conference League. Yeah, like, like what the fuck, right? You know, like <laughs>
0: that's what I mean, dude. Like, it's what I mean. It's what I mean. Like, 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 like making the playoffs to me is just a simple fact. Of Do we suck or not? <laughs> because it's so <laughs> fucking easy to do that. More of the league makes the playoffs than misses the playoffs every year in MLS. Right. So, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't need to say more than that, right? Like, we would be in the minority of the teams that suck if we don't qualify for the
1: playoffs. Right, you can still suck and make the playoffs. Those things are not mutually exclusive. (laughs)
0: Exactly. That's what it is for me. It's a pride thing. I mean, like, my baseline expectation is that we are a playoff team because it means that we haven't sucked enough to miss them. So us missing them means we sucked a lot. I do not like that. Oh, Mm -hmm. and a conclusion. Playoffs? Don't talk about the playoffs. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? (laughs) I just hope we can win a game. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. uh, That's enough Jim Mora for now. Uh, Let's turn our attention to the weekend, I guess. Um, We do have team news. And, uh, of course, it's really sad team news. Uh, We lost a poster today. Today. Yesterday. One of the other days, I don't know, but we, we definitely lost a poster, right? Uh, we've said farewell to uh, our Egyptian king, Amrotharik, who uh, joins El Guna FC on a free transfer, but also with a 20% sell-on clause, which seems a bit hopeful, but you know, you never know. You never know. It'll be like one of those pieces of business, right? Like uh, where we predicted that Anatole Bong would go to China on this podcast.
1: Right. Like uh, we didn't predict the exact team, but we, he did end up going to China. We, yeah. we put that into the air. And, uh, I think, I think that, uh, if, if we're going to keep that trend going, I think that probably some like mid table team in like a golf league would, would, would pay some money for AMRO out of El Guna. And then we'd get, we'd get, I don't know how much in the sell on fee, but it's, I feel like, that that's an entire a possibility like he's not going to go to like like if he goes to saudi arabia he's not going to go to like ali tihad or whatever or uh what's the other one the uh the one that giovinco played for uh um, I'll, I'll, I'll something oh, or other it's not Al Ain, but yeah it's yeah. uh yeah like he goes to an altawood and uh re- reconnects with with kaku <laughs> <laughs> He's like Dios mio!
0: I thought I got away from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think uh, you know, I, I can't rule out like a you, you mentioned this right. I, I I can't rule out a move to like say one of the one of the other Middle Eastern leagues, right? I mean, like uh, you know, Qatar's <laughs> Qatari right. Stars League club, right? UAE a, probably a UAE club as well. Yeah, I mean, like the possibility is like high key are are endless you know once you uh move back to the is egypt part of the levant do you count it as part of the levant i don't think so right i don't think so but 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 nevertheless the levant adjacent area i should say yes (laughs) the middle east and north africa i mean like you know stranger things have happened is basically what i'm gonna say and you know i think i'm gonna commemorate Amro the only way that I think we should, and that's remembering his uh, all-time greatest Instagram posts, because my goodness, I don't think uh, there have been certainly been many better players to wear the shirt for this team, but there have been few that have been prettier than Amr Oh yes, my goodness! I, I just want to point out that this was a guy who showed up at the uh, showed up in Mecca wearing a turtleneck sweater.
1: Just hold on. Let me f- let me see if I can find that post of when that. But it is so good. The, my man is, <laughs> is styling on folks. Just the
0: most casual flexes, right? Like like he could somehow look beautiful even at
1: protests. <laughs> it's it's from uh, January of twenty twenty. There you go, man. I'm telling you, man. Like this is he is it's like- framed. It's framed perfectly. It's so it's so good. Like he's. He's just styling got it. I wouldn't be surprised. like like Allah looked down on this post and said, "This is not this is halal. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he envisioned. This is what he wanted. This is <laughs> not haram at all."
0: Seriously, like like I was about to say like I wouldn't be surprised if we check back in him in a couple of years and he's suddenly like a big time influencer in Egyptian Instagram or oh, whatever. Yeah. You know, like again, like Stranger Things have happened. In fact, I'm quite amazed that it already hasn't happened. Like, how is Amro Abdulaziz, like, not one of the biggest accounts in Egypt right now?
1: That's what I want to know. Like, how he can't be that much worse than the other center backs that are playing for Egypt. (laughs) You hear a voice
0: from the background that says, is this a challenge? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I know much about Egyptian soccer other than, like, I don't know, like, how many Egyptian players can you name? Like I I know Amir Zaki.
1: Ahmed El <laughs> I don't even know if that dude is still playing. Ahmed El Mohamedi. Right. Uh, Mohamed Mohamed Zidane. Hossam Ghali. Hossam Ghali. Has Hassam Hassam, right? Hassam Hassan, yeah. Um what's that? uh El, El dude. no not uh, Mido. what's Mido Mido, yes, Mido. <laughs> uh who's the old goalkeeper? Hassam El Yeah. Uh, I can I, I don't think I'm familiar with who that is. He was like the goalkeeper. I think he went to the 2018 World Cup, and he was like he. I think they subbed him on, and he was like 38 years old at the time. Like he was the <laughs> oldest outfield player, or oldest player rather. Uh, I mean, Mohamed Salah, obviously, but uh, who? Oh, oh, he he plays for this team in uh in England. I I think it's called like uh, Black liver, liver Puddle or something. I don't know. Is that like Blackpool? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh don't no, you know what? You, he played for FC Basel. Remember FC Basel? Where's that? I don't know. Um, uh, like 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 Basel,
0: like the base of the L. I think that's no. Like, I think
1: it's Basel, like uh, the the herb that you have growing outside. No. Well, anyway, like uh, I only know Blackpool and Hartlepool in England. Yeah. I'm not really sure what pools. Those are the superior about. pools.
0: Yeah. No, I, I don't know who the um, solid guy is. Sounds like a uh, thin man if you ask me. Um, <laughs>
1: God, okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of more. Oh, wait. We, we've we said Mohamed Zidane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mito was the pole, right? Um, Mito is the greatest Egyptian player of
0: all time. I just want to go on record saying that. Just gives, abs- like, zero fucks. Like, Berbatov, a, if Berbatov was capable of giving, like, even less fucks than he
1: already did. There's, a, there's an Egyptian guy who plays at Aston Villa who goes by Trezeguet. I don't know what's oh, yeah. the there.
0: <laughs> I think it's because he looks like David Trezeguet.
1: But. Sure, sure, I'll take his word for it. <laughs> he doesn't play like David Trezeguet, I tell you that. Uh, but the important <laughs> thing is that none of the players we mentioned are center backs, so I don't know what the point of not having uh, Amro in these squads is. Yeah, it, it would certainly
0: turn up the prettiness quotient quite a fair bit. So Amro, Egyptian king, you know, f- f- despite the fact that, you know, you had some mind-boggling moments on the field, you also bedazzled this off of it. So best of luck in your endeavors, King wherever you go uh, you will always have friends at Metro Fan TV at the very least <laughs> uh, speaking of centerbacks we actually out with the old and in with the new uh, we have a new bearded centerback has joined a team uh, another bearded central sorry another bearded South American center back has joined a team yes of course Lucas Monzon trying to take Andre's Reyes' kick Andres Reyes' throne of having a really big smile and a big pushy beard, right? (laughs) I am a fan of all these big smiley boys that we are bringing in. Gotta say, you know, I think for them to move on from them probably means that they're going to be quite high in, you know, one zone. I do, I have said this before in this podcast, but having had a quick look at like the, uh, you know, the tape, I think there's a lot of attributes that could certainly be uh, tantalizing, right? The, the physical prowess, the mobility, and his size, you know, and uh, the ability to close out guys out wide, right? The emergency defending looked pretty good in his uh, highlight reel. I mean, YouTube scouting is YouTube scouting because you're only going to show you the highlights, obviously. But, you know, you can kind of glean what a player's strengths could be from those. You know, I think uh, I'd be keen to see him develop here at this team. Uh, cause I think it's been uh enunciated upon quite a fair bit in the in the and the, the what's under reports that have been out on him, but you know comes from a good academy in Uruguay in Danubio, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, despite Danubio's relegation, went back on loan with ben, with uh, non, uh, Montevideo Wanderers, right, in the first division, so that he could continue, you know, training. Is in the under twenty Uruguay setup. And as we know, I think Uruguayan center backs have had a reputation in the world game, right? As being some of the best in the world. I think recent examples, obviously,
1: headlined by Diego Godin, but also Jose Jimenez, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Diego Godin is probably the most uh, South American center back to ever South American center back of the past, (laughs) like, 10 years. You say that like it's a bad thing. I I, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is this, this is a center back that uh, that uh, Diego Simeone says, "Yes, I will build my defense around him." Like, all right, yes, the the ultimate, the ultimate shithouse, but <laughs> can actually play the ball
0: as well. So, actually, not quite the ultimate shit house. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see him play, right? I think this will be the first time somebody's worn the number two for this team since Dieck.
1: Oh it's yeah. It's been 7
0: years, man, since uh, we last Shout saw out to Richard, Richard
1: Eck- e- Shout out to Richard Eckersley <laughs> and t- uh, his uh his shop of uh health food store, zero waste store.
0: Yeah, he 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 he's he went vegan,
1: I believe, right? Like after he retired from soccer. I th- did he I th- He might have done it early, early. I don't know. Oh, well, he was I- he did like a TED Talk and he talked about how like part of like his epiphany was like when he was at Toronto And he was like riding his bike to training every week. And he's like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, here's the deal, man. Like,
0: what is it with Toronto and veganism and advancing the vegan agenda like 15 years, (laughs) right? Between Richard Eckersley and Scott Pilgrim. And Scott Pilgrim. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Richard's vegan, which means he's so totally better than you. That's why he's a better Eckersley. Remember Adam Eckersley? Yeah. You know why nobody talks about him? Because he's not vegan. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it doesn't have vegan superpowers. It doesn't have vegan superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> he has the vegan police on speed dial. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, fast forward to two months later, we're
0: on the uh, OAM expert guide where they're like, I regret to inform you that Richard Etchersley was arrested by the vegan police for eating a gelato. It's <laughs> got <laughs> Scott Mil- Scott milk and eggs, bitch. <laughs> Oh man, so yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Somebody's wearing the number two again. Uh, you know, I guess it, it is kind of on brand though, because Diego Godín does wear number two for Uruguay, right? So.
1: Oh yeah, that is true. That is
0: weird. If we're going down to uh, you know uh, giant killing levels of numbers, number uh, sim- symbolism, right? It'd be like Subaki wearing a uh, Tatsumi's
1: number seven. Yes. I'm, I'm calling it right now a bit right. controversial because uh uh a left-footed center back wearing the 2. I don't know. Really <laughs> if, if if we could find a way to, to to adjust numbers uh in mid-season, we can give the 2 to uh Tom Edwards and then we give the 3 to Lucas Monzone and then I think we're good.
0: Yeah. It's weird we all we all have like all of our defenders wear orthodox defender numbers but like they're at the wrong positions.
1: We have two straight, like, fullbacks wearing the number Five seven. and like, six. That's like, not... what the
0: fuck? Five, six, yeah. and seven. Like, what the fuck? Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> the one season where we thought we were going to, like, do things because we had an Orthodox center, like, striker bearing wearing nine and ten. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so much for that, huh? So much for that. Anyway, um... Yeah, so Monzone's in. I presume the big thing about Amro moving on, though, is the fact that we free up $400,000 off the salary cap, Mm -hmm. which is not insignificant, and is money that we should definitely not be spending on a four-string center back. So um, definitely seems the priority was uh, to close out the season is to try and basically clear up the cap as possible, which does once again, indicate that we probably can expect quite a number of uh, off-season moves, right? I think probably for an attacking midfielder. Hopefully for a few more midfielders as well. Uh, Yeah. And it seems that, you know, the news of Issyar Jermay being basically, I think, almost confirmed at this point joining the club, seeing as how Tom Bogart reported on it, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's our rotation slash uh, depth center back, right? So I think it means we'll go into the corpse uh, next year of uh, returning Aaron Long, Andres Reyes, Lucas Monzón, Sean Nealis, and Issy Arjame, right? So I think that's five center backs that we can rely on. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's probably a better picture than the one that we painted this year. I mean, like there's definitely at least three de- decent, three potential decent center backs between those five. So I think on paper it could sound pretty good so
1: yeah yeah especially now that we know that like i think going forward the same will like alternate between a four-man back line and a, a back line that uses three center backs yeah
0: and i think that's a pretty good thing to point out right like i think we mentioned that Jermaine can play in three-man back lines as well it seemed like he was doing that at olympic Donetsk. Donetsk. That's right. I was about to
1: say Minsk, and I was like, wait, hold on. That's in Belarus. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Just in your head, you've reconstructed the Soviet League. <laughs> yeah. That's what it means to me, damn it. Well, <laughs> you see, like, what well, I really want to bring. The Champions League ended when Red Star won it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was the pride of Yugoslavia. You know, like, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence at all. We should definitely bring back Yugoslavia, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Bring Marshall back the Tito,
1: Yugoslav please. national team. Marshall Tito, Man. please. Like... <laughs> if we bring back the Yugoslav national team, they would win the World Cup.
0: Yeah, they fucking stopped, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh.
0: The, the the Croatian midfield. Croatian midfield, Serbian center backs. Serbian center backs and a
1: striker. Like, I, I guess, Edin Sheko up front. <laughs> Probably. Like, a bot. Like, all, like, the cool Bosnian... Yosef uh, Ilichich for su- just somewhere in that midfield. Goran or Pandev
0: comes off the bench. Oh my god! <laughs> One last
1: ride with Goran Pandev. It was so beautiful, like as the sole Macedonian representative, Goran Pandev. Oh man! Like, <laughs> and then, we- and then we'd get to see Sayad Haxhabinaj. Oh yeah, Stevan Jovetic still around? I can't remember him. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> he probably is, but uh, have who, you seen him? Right? I haven't. Yeah, I haven't either. Who cares? (laughs) Manchester City legend, Stefan Jovetic. Yeah. Uh,
0: Anyway, um, yeah, I think... uh, Yeah, so um, on paper, I think that centre-back corpse looks a lot more sensible. Yeah, so I think... uh, Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's a decent... Some decent business was done there. Um, At least going into the 2022 season... Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of sorting out that midfield, Kevin, like please, <laughs> I'm on my knees begging you, please, like don't 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 let another Hooxyvanonovvitch get away from us, and I hope it's not like some fucking supercharged twink like some pervert shit like Romano Schmidt. what the fuck was up with that, man? Seriously, like you bring in more of these kinds of guys, I'm like, like, like <laughs> going full time Red Bull out, dude. Like, no, no, no more anonymous Bundesliga bin men, please. Thank you.
1: <laughs> oh, shots have been fired. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, we just need to send we need to send Thelwell a map of like the the permissible countries to scout midfielders from.
0: Yeah, exactly. The permissible countries would be uh, basically anywhere, basically nowhere, like nowhere east of a. Uh, Nowhere east of Strasbourg, <laughs> and then nowhere west of like uh, I don't know Krakow. <laughs> nowhere west <Yeah>. of Krakow, <laughs> and nowhere uh,
1: north of uh, Tyrol. Yeah, yeah. Get us, get us an attacking midfielder from Slovenia. I think that would be fun. <laughs> Just
0: That'd like a
1: fun. FIFA regen, but of of Josip Ilicic, and I would be. I would be so happy.
0: We found the Marek Hamsik region. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be pretty sick. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think I have anything else to add on to the state of things uh, other than uh, we also have Yuba Diara hopefully coming back. Hopefully. (laughs) Knock on wood. Struber says he may be available on Saturday. Keep your eyes out for that. Um, That would be a
1: miracle. I guess.
0: yeah that would truly be a miracle oh man um yeah i mean uh, i don't really have anything else to add on other than this Oh, uh, we're think. playing
1: obviously we're playing dc tomorrow do you do you want to know how many times we have played dc on 9-11 it feels like so many times too many but, times yeah <laughs> so this would be this would actually be the second time we played them on september 11th uh the other times we've played them around them we've played them once on september 10th in 2014 and then we have played them twice on September 12th. And that was 2002 and uh, last year, 2020. Um, but you know, you actually, I, this is a fun, this is an interesting set. You know how many, so including tomorrow, you know how many times we would have played DC United? How many? So tomorrow would, will be the 83rd regular season matchup between these two teams. 99th overall. Nineteen. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, this is probably, like, the most played fixture in Major League Soccer. 99 editions of the Atlantic Cup, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, no, it would be 83rd, because that's only a a regular season competition. Like, the Cups and playoffs, I guess, don't count. No, that's nonsense. I'm sorry. Okay, fine.
0: (laughs) Every fixture is an Atlantic Cup fixture. They are all equal in my eyes. (laughs) Because I always (laughs) want to beat DC United, right? So... Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't need to follow the league's silly unsanctioned
1: nonsense. We can count the unsanctioned So Tomorrow fights. will be, uh, as Naina would say, 99 non- no- no- uh, Atlantic Spiel.
0: <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, if uh, Romario can count all his bullshit friendlies in his 1,000-goal tally, we can count all the non-essential, non-league-sanctioned uh, fights in our exactly. tally. Exactly. Right? And I'm telling you, some numerology here. 99th Atlantic Cup at Bull Arena. What number hangs in the rafters? That's right. BWP is being announced at halftime, and he's going to score a Hattie. You there heard it here first on Metrofan
1: TV. Or including including the two uh, friendlies that we played behind closed doors. Uh, this would be our 101th game, 101st game. So 101, we're going to a deluge of goals in front of the <laughs> <laughs> The floodgates are going to open in front of the South Ward. Yeah, In no. front of the South Ward telling
0: you i'm telling you i'm flying back just to capo that game by the way so if i see you at the arena holla at me yeah we just got the perch back yeah <laughs> you could you parachute onto the perch I, i'm like actually literally recording this podcast on the plane right now whoa i'm not wearing a mask <laughs> uh-oh <laughs>
1: that's because you're flying the plane yeah because i'm flying the plane
0: now <laughs> Oh oh you guys oh I had you guys I had you guys on a rope there didn't I you're about to tweet at me oh lens you're so irresponsible how could you well I flew the plane myself what are you gonna do about it it was me Austin <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good place to end Metro Fan TV today. So uh, yeah, I'll see you guys at the Ripple Arena soon. Uh, I think I'll be landing in New York in about a couple hours. I have AEW Rampage on the other screen. It's going pretty good so far. So yeah, Juan, any last words you want to say to our listeners before we close out the episode?
1: Um, I, I just want I just want to watch I just want to see this team score a goal. That, that's all I want right now. Do you want to know what a goal is? I want you to show me.
0: Yes. That's such a good song. (laughs) I wish we could still play like credits music because I would totally choose that as like the closing song today, but we don't have the budget for that ever since, uh, ever since, uh, EDSS holdings
1: slashed our budget. So, you know, we're just going to have to edit it enough. We could do it. You'd be like, I want to know what a goal is. (laughs) (laughs) I could
0: run for copyright infringement. though. That's the problem. So I guess we'll end the episode by, uh, Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just sing it. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to take a little time. (laughs) 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 I I actually forgot the words. (laughs) So, yeah, never mind. Uh, MetroFant TV, rounding out episode 51. We'll see you tomorrow for the Atlantic Cup uh, fixture. Juan, thank you so much for your time once again. MetroFant TV saying peace. Have a good night. Drive home safely wherever you are. And God, um, God, 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 protect um, our team. Please, please score some goals tomorrow. Thank you. Good night.